Greetings, fruits, and welcome to episode three of We Are All Fruit, a League of Their Own podcast. Greta, hi. I just wanted to um, come in because I found um, a rash on me. And if you could come take a look at it, that would be great. <laughs> Amazing. I'm Crystal. I'm Kat. And I'm Susanna, and today we're discussing episode three, The Cutoff, written by Desta Tetros Ref and directed by Jamie Babbitt. Hey guys. Hi. We're back. That was me. I was also Carson at the beginning. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I am starting talking about this episode, and we each pick little parts that we're going to talk about, and Susanna picked this one for me, and my head kind of exploded when I was like, oh my God, I have to talk about this part in this episode. Cat is not a fan of straight sex. <laughs> well, let's it's mixed in it that way. With a little bit <laughs> of other <laughs> sex. So we're Carse's room, and Charlie knocks on the door, and Carson is very confused, and... Carson and Charlie start making out and she's like, oh, you're going to wake up my roommate. And you think it's Shirley, but then the little eye mask comes off and it's Greta. And she says, "This, I go where I please, I do what I please, and I don't say please. And that is the part that actually short-circuited my brain. It wasn't even, <laughs> I was like, who? There was a split second that I thought this was real, this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wait, what's happening? Greta starts making out with Charlie. They flip Charlie's tie in Carson's face. And <laughs> Greta says, it's okay to want things, Carson, which will come up again <laughs> later on. Carson's face throughout this whole scene is hysterical. It's just like sh- shock and Sh-shock. excitement. Shock, shock and excitement. <laughs> And then Shirley wakes Carson up from her night terror and she's like, oh, it sets the tone for the whole day and my day too. Not to blame you because you're the victim of the night terror, but now my day is off too. (laughs) A spiel. That was really cute. So it was a dream. It was only a dream. The next morning, or the morning she wakes up from this uh, wild dream, Greta actually comes into her room to chat. And isn't it great when you just see the person you just had a sex mm. dream about and you're like, oh, well, this is <laughs> it's not awkward, awkward. at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I wanted to comment on the dress that Greta is wearing in this scene because mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Greta sits down on Shirley's bed and Greta or uh, Carson's like, don't sit on Shirley's bed. She's weird about everything. <laughs> I had a thought about this. And I wondered if you picked up on this, maybe not, but my feeling here is that, yeah, Shirley is weird about people sitting on her bed, but also I think that Carson maybe wanted Greta on her bed. Or no. Well, she even says, she does. She goes, I don't, I'm not weird about you being on my bed, right? Like she, (laughs) (laughs) and she says too much, but I, yeah. Okay. I think she wanted her there. Even Mm -hmm. though Carson's like, I want to talk about us just being friends, mm-hmm. just gals being pals. Yeah. And Greta's like, well, friends can mean a lot of things. 
And Carson makes it very clear that she wants friends to just be talking and not doing other things that friends don't normally do. <laughs> we can't gloss over. There's two things here that I, I really, I love this scene because when she's like, don't be boring. Like when she's mm-hmm. like, what's up? What's up chickadee or whatever she called her. Oh, she does mm-hmm. call her chickadee. It's so cute. She does. Mm-hmm. And her posture and hand placement are exquisite. Like she's like her hand, one hand on top of the other hand, straight up and down that posture. It just makes her look even more glamorous, I guess. Mm. Mm. She makes looking like that effortless. Mm-hmm. Or it's so much work. I'm I'm sitting upright for this podcast and it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> We've been recording for six minutes, everybody. <laughs> All right, at the Community Uplift Revival, Tony is an usher handing out programs. She has some competition with some other lady for the position of head usher. It's very important to her to be in charge with everything she does. Church politics, man. Right? Hey, hey, can I interrupt? Uh, this I have some very strange little tidbit because we talked about Wizard of Oz in mm-hmm. this show that I mean the show it talks about the Wizard of Oz and uses it as you know some sort of jumping off point for conversation but my dad and I this is a really long time ago when we were in LA my dad wanted to go to church for whatever reason <laughs> like we grew up Catholic or whatever so we wanted to go to church we went to a church by our hotel and one of the ushers was Ray Bolger who was the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. What? I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Comes together. Yep. Okay, go ahead. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So we see Clance and Guy entering. They're late. Um, and Tony reminds them that punctuality is a virtue. It's funny how everybody's just terrified of Tony, but they also love her. She's such a great <laughs> character. Yeah. Um, we overhear Clance threatening to go on a sex strike <laughs> with zero context, but I love it. Uh, presumably they're late to church because they were having sex. This is just the horny episode. Everyone is just like in heat this episode. <laughs> in heat? What a terrible yeah. image. All right. Inside the tent, Max waves to Gary, who's at the front of the congregation. And then Edgar notices that interaction, sees her blushing, asks about Gary. Meanwhile, Max is really looking toward the front because that's where Leah, the pastor's wife, is with whom the previous night they had an encounter, or as Crystal would put it, were in heat. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a really neat scene where Max asks Leah if she could look like a man with her hair tucked back. And Leah says she looks too soft, but Max disagrees and says sometimes things would be easier if she were a man. Also, hold on. This is a flashback to the night before. She's thinking about Leah. And it is confirmed that they had lesbian sex. Correct. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for the facts. But so in preparation for the interview at the factory, with Gary having given her name as Max and not Maxine, Leah calls for Max for the first time, presumably in this scene. Um, I also wonder if, sure, she's trying to look like a dude for work reasons, but I wonder to what extent her gender identity and gender presentation will change in future Mm -hmm. seasons. I mean, obviously, it changes throughout 
even mm-hmm. this season, right? But it's interesting that right now she's only framing it as like this utilitarian way to get a job at the factory, but really mm-hmm. inside she's probably thinking about more things. She says a couple times in the season that maybe her life would be better if she was a man. So that's a great question. I'm right. curious about that as well. And with Bert as a kind of role model too, mm-hmm. whom she doesn't know yet. She hasn't met Uncle Bert, but it's a really neat thread there too. Mm-hmm. And then with the hat on, Leah does say that, hmm, I'd say you were a stud. (laughs) And just huge kudos to Shantae Adams for being able to put off that masculine, butchy look when she's the girliest girl, self-admittedly, on the entire cast. Oh my goodness. It is Drop dead gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so opposite of how max looks but she does max so perfectly she, she really does. pulls it off and like embodies it completely so yeah good, good on her for sure i also love this 1943 paperboy hat because like, lupe wears one and max mm-hmm. has it I, it's like the cutest thing ever so after that we cut back to the peaches house and apparently it was revealed that there's a half-eaten ham sandwich in every <laughs> scene at the Peaches House. I was looking. I did not see where this sandwich was. Uh, did I did you, not, have you guys seen the sandwich? No, Mm-mm. I was trying to look. And I will say, there are two revelations from the Tumblr thing that Abby and Melanie and Molly did this week. One was that half-eaten sandwich thing. And then I texted Kat and Crystal and I said, the other one is that Darcy was referred to as Big D or Big D Energy. (laughs) And I just don't know if I can contain myself. So we should mention that as well. Sandwiches Uh, and Big D. (laughs) Big D Energy. Huh. This explains something that's going to come up again later to me Uh -uh. as well. But anyways, uh, we're at the Peach's house and they're all waiting to talk on the phone. Carson's trying to get a hold of her sister and she's not picking up and she's kind of freaking out and wants to know if Charlie's called or if Charlie's home, if Charlie got the letter. She wants to know anything about what's happening with Charlie. And then Beverly comes in and starts passing out their first paychecks, which is so exciting. Jess says that she doesn't trust paper money. And I'm like, what money does Jess trust? What is the joke there? Well, she's all of her attitudes toward like the modern world like she is this like fishing like boat sailing man (laughs) from the gilded age like this is her character and there was actually a lot of conflict about paper money around that time right well much earlier too but around that time as well as banks were changing so i think it's so funny that they're placing her consistently into this like Mm -hmm. rugged you know last centuries (laughs) i thought maybe it was also a a joke that canadian money i don't know about at in mm-hmm. the 40s but canadian money now is not paper it's plastic and we also have a lot of coins so i thought maybe that was the joke i don't know True. True. <laughs> loonies and toonies loonies and toonies greta says or no joe says that they should send their paychecks to greta's mom as an fu and then greta's like yeah but then she'd know where we are which kind of sets up more mystery of greta like, what do you what, have any what, thoughts on what is up with Greta's mom? No. Yeah, no. I don't either. It could be anything from A to Z, but I can't wait to find out. Well, also again, with the age thing, right? If they were indeed 17 to 22 like most actual players were, then it would make sense that the mother is involved in trying to find her. 
Mm-hmm. Greta is a grown ass woman. Like, what is that relationship <laughs> that she needs her mom to not know where she is? I don't know. Maybe she broke the. I law. bet we're gonna see her mom next season, or at least hear her voice or something. Who would play her mother? It's gonna be somebody mm-hmm. really hot. Jillian Anderson. Okay, age wise, how is that gonna work? What my post I did about see you? That you oh, okay. that. Yeah, <laughs> just Jillian Anderson for everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's gonna play multiple roles in the same show. <laughs> Who says, oh, Shirley, they're talking about, they're all excited about their paychecks. And Shirley's like, enjoy it, Carson. It's our last one. And they all start talking about how their team's in last place and the league's not doing well. Or their team in particular is not doing well and they're selling the least tickets. And they're all kind of freaking out a little bit again. Or at least Shirley is being all doom and gloom. Jess is... She has another boating metaphor. Oh, yes. She sinking says, every, <laughs> every time I'm in a sinking boat, the first thing I do is drop the dead weight, <laughs> which suggests that she's been in a sinking boat multiple times. And then Lupe says, how many sinking boats have you been on? Tell me about each one. They are amazing, those two. They what crack each other French up. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Maybelle's happy. She's going to buy a fur coat. Wonders how much a real, alive fur coat would be. Which is like a bunch of what minks crawling, yeah, crawling on you, ferrets Great. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now we're at the Dove interview where you get him just showing off, just dropping name dropping. So I asked about facing Jolton Joe, which is also a great baseball name, but Joe DiMaggio was a dick. And <laughs> great review I, from Cat. <laughs> and he was Marilyn, married to Marilyn Monroe. And Crystal and I were talking about this. We wonder, a lot of people that watch the show are probably like early 20s. And mm-hmm. do you think they know Marilyn Monroe? Like we're almost getting to the point where people might be like, I don't yeah. know who Marilyn Mar- mm-hmm. Oof, uh, I cannot say that name. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> so he's just telling stories. And I don't know, someone, I forgot who it was. The candy bar people were just like, start talking about your players instead of you or whatever. And he's like, oh, Lupe is going to take over. She might be the the little dove or the Spanish striker, Margarita on the mound. She's trying so hard to like look happy and make him proud still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But she's dying inside a little bit. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Notably deflated, like you said. And then Greta is criticizing Dove, like she sees right through him and apologizes to to Carson for talking about your daddy kins. <laughs> but Shaw now He's not my daddy. Call <laughs> <laughs> back from episode two. And the main thing is here, Greta is just like, we need more practice time. We have got we can't mm-hmm. be practicing, you know, just this little bit when the Blue Sox are practicing like six hours a day. Mm-hmm. It's clear that Dove is doing the absolute minimum job possible as their coach. Mm-hmm. And then Dove's continuing on talking about, he made some sexual joke about uh, Ted Williams. Crystal's like, why is baseball so sexual? Here are some of the terms if you are curious. <laughs> Slide into home, backdoor slider, switch hitter, screwball, long relief, hot corner, hidden ball trick, sweet spot. <laughs> Mound goes deep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everything in baseball is just a sex metaphor. And everyone in baseball does slap each other's ass. They're always slapping asses That's true. in baseball. There's mm-hmm. a lot of butt touching in baseball. 
Lupe complains to about her arm, and Dove's like, "Are um, he says something like, are you in real pain or are you just are you hurt or are you just tired? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she really, I mean, she wants to do good, right? She wants to. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, I'm just tired. You're right, because mm-hmm. she like does not want to let him down for some mm-hmm. reason, and she does not want to let him down for a long time." <laughs> Mm-hmm. couple of episodes at least and that's really it's actually really heartbreaking mm-hmm. and we have a pie count <laughs> Carson's like I have this under control I'm gonna talk to Dove and she just bops up with a sugar cream pie and he's a conversation like pie a conversation pie Ooh, that's what she calls it yeah mm-hmm. so our pie count if you are curious is up to three I'm taking excellent notes on that and um, Dove is like, this remind this pie reminds me of my ex wife. I'm more of a muffin man. <laughs> well, ex ex wife's complexion, which is really that means that his ex wife was like really red because that's what it looked like with the filter. Yeah, the pie didn't look good either. No, mm-hmm. I guess Ka- Carson really is not good at baking pies. No. I have so many questions about this pie though. When did Please. she make it? Where was it all morning? Was it just sitting in the locker room? Like did no one else notice that Carson brought a pie to baseball practice? Right. <laughs> How does everyone know that Carson cannot bake pies because when she brought it out, Greta or Joe, I can't remember who was just like, "Oh no." Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. I think it was Joe. She's like, "No. They must all know already about Carson's pies. Maybe she made one for the team and they all had to eat a little piece and grin through it and then there's a butt slap alert wait mm-hmm. I, do, oh do you want to know what the butt slap alert is did you want to know where the we are at the count we're at eight so far Woo-hoo. we're only on episode three i know because joe's like well i'm gonna go talk to him mm-hmm. and then dove i mean he like loses it this is where you first see him like outwardly like just be mean to them and he's like oh mm-hmm. you just you want to keep talking back to me? You're going to keep running. So Greta's getting really upset about that. And then Beverly comes over, just kind of interrupts what's going on. And was just like, a gentleman wants to take you out to dinner this Saturday. This is such a great interaction. And Greta's like, oh, is he cute? She does not want to say that, but she's like, I have to say this. Well, and, but she also says it because Carson is right there, right? Mm -hmm. And Carson had told her that we're friends and she has to poke Carson one more time by saying, faking excitement about the state. Right. Yeah. And Beverly's like, he was a man with a shirt. That is, (laughs) that's how I look at most men. Yeah. (laughs) And Beverly says she's going to accompany her on her date. The league rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her conversation skills are adequate, which mm-hmm. is really funny too. Yeah. It's it's just, it's bad. Greta is getting really mad because of Dove and yeah. He calls her lips. Yeah. She's back to poking Carson. They're, they're again, this whole episode really poking each other, getting Ooh. under each other's skin a lot. Not poking. fun poking, just yet. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to fast forward to the factory, please. Take to the take screw factory? To the Back screw to- factory. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I told you. Nice This seg. is the horny episode. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Max. 
she's heading to the sprue factory on her first day of work and she's got her little butch hat on. I love and her, it. Uh, coveralls. Mm-hmm. She's trying to blend in and it's working apparently. No one's, you know, side eyeing her as she walks in. And she's standing with the group of men who are there to start their jobs and the team leader's giving them this terrible speech. Some people might say, screw screws. And he goes on and on talking about screws. And he's like, oh, forget it. Just <laughs> you guys are here to work. Just do your work. And then the two Karens from the last episode are standing there and they notice Max in this crowd of gentlemen. And they're like, oh, there's something wrong with one of your workers. And they point her out and ask her to take off her hat. <laughs> this part cracked me up because Max takes off her hat in this crowd of dudes. And as soon as she does, all the dudes, I wrote in the notes, this one guy behind her makes a capital O, lowercase O, capital O face. <laughs> you just pause it right there. He's like, oh. And I I said, she's like Superman. Like Clark Kent takes off his glasses and suddenly he's mm-hmm. Superman and no one can tell the difference. This is why Clance loves Max so much. She just has to put on a hat and she looks like a different person. <laughs> All comes back to Clance and comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the foreman's like shut up karen i don't care i just need bodies like he says that uh, black men are now being recruited to the war so he just needs people to work he doesn't care that max is there as long as she's willing to work and that's a little bit of foreshadowing as well for this episode mm-hmm. and he also is justifying it by saying that they're putting her on a very difficult job like a risky you know mm-hmm. liquid metal right Right, right, right. No one else wants to do it. So he's like, if she's willing to do it, she can work here. Jennifer Beals did it in Flashdance. She can do it. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of similarities with lesbians and liquid metal, apparently. Hmm. If Max starts doing a shadow dance in season two. (laughs) (laughs) At the revival tent, Leah's husband continues to preach while Leah... Is making sweet eye contact with Max. Max is whispering to Clance about getting the job. And then Clance asks, did you turn into Plastic Man when I wasn't watching? <laughs> I had no idea about this reference, but she explains, right? Crystal, do you know this character? I do know this character. I, mean, I don't I think anybody character. cares about this character, but yeah, he's he's basically Mr. Fantastic. If you know who that character is, he just stretches she his arms and legs. And, okay. <laughs> I do know. He's stretchy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. So her point is that how are you going to work factor, your factory job at night and then come back and work at the salon all day? Clance is like, oh, this lying will just get to be too much. You won't sleep. You'll start feeling sick, throwing up. And she's fanning herself. And she looks like she's sick and hasn't been sleeping and is going through what she's saying. And she's like projecting this onto Max. She's keeping mm-hmm. a secret, clearly. The pastor's talking about black men risking their lives abroad and then coming home to Jim Crow laws. He cites the Defender um, article about the kind of injustice that black men experienced in um, World War II. And Guy also complains about segregated units, foreshadowing what's to come. Quick history corner, over one and a half million African-American men and women served in the U.S. military during World War II. Despite the 1940 act that was supposed to outlaw racial discrimination in military contexts, all black servicemen and women were relegated to separate units and training facilities. They had to work on separate assignments from white soldiers, and they also received 
medical treatment from separate blood banks, hospitals, and medical staff. And they were only allowed to socialize in segregated settings. And the first Medal of Honor was not given to a black veteran until 1993. Holy shit. Insane. Oh my gosh. I didn't know any of that. Mm -mm. Wow. So Clan's faint because she has been lying and not sleeping and staying. All the things she told Max to worry about. Uh, the church ladies slash salon chair ladies. <laughs> They're ready to gather gossip. They like hover over her immediately. It's a great shot. Church is mm-hmm. done. We're ready for gossip. And so they assume that she feigns because she's pregnant. And one of them says, guy moves fast. So Max puts Clance uh, in a car, sends her home, sees Gary, approaches him. He's talking about taking her to a, to a jazz show. She says she doesn't even like jazz. She wants to focus about, now that she has the job at the factory, how is she going to get on the factory team? And Gary gives her the tea. Uh, the, the tea? Uh, Gary says... He spills the tea. <laughs> it's not like the church ladies. It's not as gossip. It's a little bit gossipy. The coach only listens to Fox because he had played for the Braves. So Max has to win him over in order to make it onto the team. And Gary asks her if all she thinks about is baseball. (laughs) And she says, no, I'm thinking about us. And she like winces as she (laughs) says us. Like the, even to her, the thought of her and Gary together makes her a little sick. (laughs) Yeah. And then back to the factory at night, Max is... Uh, going to work again, she's sneaking out of her room so that her parents, particularly her mom, doesn't see her going to work. And she tells her shift leader that her father was a welder and taught her everything she knows. And I, <laughs> obviously that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a truck. That's mm-hmm. it. And um, the foreman pairs her with Mr. Fox, who is exactly who she wanted to be paired with. And he's not happy about it, but... Gary told her that the only way to get on his good side is to appeal to his ego. And she does this by saying that she was intimidated by him and jealous of him. And he falls for it because he's a sucker. Mm -hmm. He's so easy. We forgot to, in the previous factory scene, to mention that when Max takes off her hat, she says (laughs) that she has eight children and she has to feed most of them. (laughs) (laughs) Most. Which is hilarious because she looks like she's what? Like 22 tops. (laughs) She's got eight kids. (laughs) We're back at the Peaches house, which is one of my favorite settings, as you know, because I love this house. Also, did you see Mm -hmm. someone posted that there's like these like uh, walking tours that you could do and they put all the spots that this series, a lot of the filming locations and Mm -hmm. they gave a location of this house. I would love to see this in in person. Is it all in California? Pittsburgh. No, this is this is in Pittsburgh. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. They only filmed the pilot in parts of the pilot in California, and then everything mm-hmm. else a year later in Pittsburgh. Uh, Lupe is cutting out a picture of her and Dove from uh, the newspaper and writing a letter. And there's forty dollars cash, which is pretty a lot of money. A lot of money back then. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got a screenshot of the letter that Lupe was writing yes and let's give a shout out to the two people that helped with translating me and andrea on twitter thank you very much so this is this is the letter this is so great that we're like getting these little screenshots and (laughs) having someone help us with this translation Mm -hmm. my life 
which is another way of saying my darling. I am in Illinois now, new women's baseball team tryouts, and I surpassed so many other girls. I'm going to be a pitcher. I will be in the Rockford Peaches team. In fact, Casey Porter will be our coach. You remember him, right? From the Cubs. He says, I'm very talented and that I'm his favorite. Look, presumably the newspaper cut out. Can you show this to Alma? Please use this money for home stuff. I'm earning good money here and I'll send more soon with all my love, Lupe. Who is Alma? And who is she writing to? I think I'm assuming Alma, we find out later. This is a bit of a spoiler, but we find out later that she has a daughter. I'm assuming Alma's her daughter. I don't know that that's no as clear. Okay. People were making all kinds of conspiracy theories on Twitter about mm-hmm. how, because Esty sees the letter and says, Alma is the name of my grandma. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to say like, is Esty related to that family? But they wouldn't be because Esty mm. is from Cuba and yeah. Lupe is from Texas. So it's, Mm-hmm. But we don't, don't know. Is it, it just also? Can I, just I didn't say? think they imagined that people would be screenshotting. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will say though, I have a, a bone to pick with Will Graham, who, when I posted the screenshot and asked our listeners to help translate, he liked the tweet, and then he liked the translation. Like, dude, you have the <laughs> records. You could have helped you us must out. know what it says. <laughs> But he was following my journey to getting that translation and like quietly liking things. Oh my gosh. Giggle, giggle. <laughs> Let them struggle. I love this little scene. Maybell, Jess, and Lupe start playing cards, poker, or whatever it is. And Maybell asks how to say, I am a happy lady in Spanish. And Lupe teaches her how to say, I am an idiot, which seems a little unnecessary. <laughs> Maybell is really. Sweet, and she seems like such a little ally, mm-hmm. <laughs> little nineteen forties oh, ally. Uh-huh. I don't even. I think there's a scene coming up in which I will argue. I will used to argue that she is queerer than Greta <laughs> Gill. Um, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> no, not not quite. But I do think there's certainly some queerness in her. Also, I will justify Lupe's grumpiness a because that's like my whole personality, and b the reason <laughs> Maybell asks for. for her to teach her how to say I'm a happy lady is because like she's calling out Lupe's upset face right Mm -hmm. like why don't you say I'm a happy lady like she's not she's pressuring her to say something happy and so Lupe Mm -hmm. goes I'm an idiot also I feel like this is a thing people do if you have a friend that speaks another language you're like say this teach me how to say this I'm guilty I've done that before for sure and it's It's probably really annoying annoying. yeah I'm sorry (laughs) You've never done it to me, so I don't apologize. <laughs> to the people that I have done it to, I'm sure I have. I apologize. Susanna, how do you say I am a happy lady? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, listeners, but if you know Susanna. <laughs> she didn't take the bait. Uh, Greta's tending to Joe's injury from running laps, all these ice bags, people just keep throwing ice bags and putting them on her, <laughs> on her legs. Uh, Carson says they should forget about Dove, which is a really nice thing to hear. And Chris says, so no more pies then. <laughs> Shirley is taking some kind of pill and chokes on it because she can't handle the anxiety. Like what kind of pill do you think she's taking? <laughs> it's like, no. Some Advil? I don't know. Uh, it didn't exist. 
Carson says the players are uh, more important than the manager. And she quotes Lou Gehrig, who amazing, nice, nice going on quoting Lou Gehrig, much better than DiMaggio or Ruth or an actual many, nice baseball player. Really, really exceptional, exceptional baseball player. My my barber is named Gehrig after Lou Gehrig. Really? Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's cute. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I hope his favorite number is four as well. <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and they decide to practice more. They're like, okay, we're gonna do this. We gotta, we gotta make our own destiny or yeah, write the ship. Uh, maybe Jess mm-hmm. will appreciate that. <laughs> and Greta's like, tonight the peaches fly. <laughs> and then Carson is doing this thing. I don't know if you saw her over to the side. She's doing this like little like grasping at the air it's really cute like grasping for peaches you have to watch this scene again it's the cutest thing oh my gosh trying to come up with a word but grasping like make-believe peaches Mm -hmm. from a tree Mm -hmm. and maybell comes up struts up from behind and said finally ripen (laughs) Shirley is (laughs) not impressed finally ripen and they leave without lupe and this is a, a a source of contention for everybody like Greta's like oh Lupe's up Dove's ass and true but we're gonna see where this all comes to a head mm-hmm. and that's it originally we have deleted scenes that indicate that originally it was supposed to be Lupe and Jess that get left behind because they're getting close mm. and in that deleted scene Greta everybody's hiding Greta is standing in the hallway making up some lie about where everybody is as Jess and Lupe proceed to their room or to a room. And at one point, Shirley tries to justify why they're not invited by, by saying, quote, I think Jess is insane and quite possibly a ghost. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> this is, that should have stayed in because that is yeah, the weirdest. Maybe that's a jab at Canadian tan or lack thereof. Oh, <laughs> right. God, Very how pale. funny. Yeah. My legs look like I'm a ghost. Can confirm. <laughs> For more on Crystal's legs, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> Hit that like button and subscribe. Oh my God. <laughs> so they bike over to the field at night. Esty, nobody told Esty what they're doing, and her one translator is left behind. Um, and so when she asks Shirley, oh instead of explaining, Shirley's pointing to her helmet and, and oh says <laughs> everybody should consider investing in a bike also, helmet. This old timey bike helmet looks like a balloon animal. I don't, what is that made of? It just looks like probably nothing. metal. <laughs> welding questions and bike helmet manufacturing questions we do not have a corner Super for that no. yeah. they arrive at the field and someone slaps anna's butt we have a non-greta gill butt slap alert here. i didn't count us then Anna is played by little frex and we hear in the background maybell scream sorry it's me i just love butts <laughs> talk to me about how maybell is a straight ally or maybe more um, I think I mean, she's I think she's straight. I think she's yeah, one of those straight girls that just she'll make out with her gay friends if they're hanging out, but she's straight as an arrow, I think. So they play this game where you're blinding your teammates. This was actually the uh, this was a very cute scene. I know. Mm-hmm. And then Shirley says the best thing. She's like, "I can't see in front of my face or I can't see 
my face or whatever, right? Maybell says that. And Shirley's like, well, you actually mm-hmm. can never see the front of your face. Or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> True. Accurate. <laughs> what are they playing, though? I don't understand. They're running around shining flashlights at each other. I think they're screaming. just being joyful. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, no game. I think they're just having fun. Shaw chases Greta. It's super cute. And then they all sing George Formby's 1940 hit, Count Your Blessings and Smile, and then Howl Like Coyotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, from there, it it goes through a, like a compilation scene of their um, sneaky practices and Max working at the factory slash salon at the same Sleep. time. Also being exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, she's working her mom's salon during the day, working the factory at night, which what a nightmare. There's a part where they show her sneaking into her window from working at the factory, collapsing on her bed, and then her mom saying, get ready for work, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no uh, sleep. Made me, it actually made me a little sick. I was like, oh, yeah. I know that feeling when you're just like uh-huh. so dead, tired, exhausted, and you just have to continue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, hard. You- you just complained about sitting up for a podcast. So I don't know that you would, <laughs> you're cut out for this kind of exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> they show Lupe in the Peach's house eating breakfast alone. And I just wanted to know that she's eating Rice Krispies. <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bowl of cereal. Her hair looks really amazing cute. in this scene. It's really big and just wild. I mean, honestly, like Lupe is my favorite. I've said this like every episode. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to continue mm-hmm. to say it, but Lupe is my favorite. And Esty and Jess uh, at their practices, they, there's a little scene of them being really cute. And Esty teaches Jess a, a little secret handshake, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. And Jess like is being so sweet to her. She's like learning a little Spanish to speak with her because Lupe's always ignoring her. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of this little mediator between the two and being really helpful, actually helpful and supportive of Esty, which is so adorable. She's being like big brother to her. I love it. And Max is at the factory. She's offering to finish fox's job for him do his job for him and he's just uh continuing to slack off more as max does all his work for him during one of the practices shirley is about to go to bat joe gives her really great advice she says swing like a french hooker at high tide shirley is understandably confused and greta explains straightforwardly lead with your hips and your hands will follow and Joe says, Joe's that's like, what I said. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. There's also a clip that was in the trailer where Greta slides into home and Carson mm-hmm. catches it and tags her out and says, gotcha. And that was in the trailer. And I just remember seeing that and being like, wait, is this show gay? Is this show going to mm-hmm. be gay? And I was like, there's no way this is gay, right? Isn't it? We were so naive back then. Mm, we yeah. didn't think this show was going to be gay. This show was <laughs> Imagine. gay. There's also a scene of Jess demonstrating peeing standing up. <laughs> Maybell's in the background singing Oh Canada. This is like so, like, this podcast really is made for the three of us. Canadian mm-hmm. Crystal. Yeah. Books, Susanna. Like comics, baseball. I, I can't believe you were so right, Susanna. We needed to yeah. do this podcast. I'm right? glad you nice heeded the call. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of round out this montage scene with Greta and Carson at night practice. They're laying on the ground looking up at the stars. And Greta, she's like, I see a rooster at the stars. And she asks what that dangly thing on a, on a rooster's head is called. And you would know, Carson. She's like, for the last time, I'm not from afar. 
Farm count. Hold up. Wait. I have a farm uh, count for it. you. Don't you worry. I added it. And then Carson is like, okay, it's a waddle. And <laughs> they both giggle. And Greta's like, you knew, you knew. <laughs> so adorable. Uh, she asks what Carson sees in the stars. And she says she sees a clam holding a machine gun. So Greta <laughs> saw a cock <laughs> and Carson saw a clam. It's the horny episode. <laughs> I also, didn't even Greta pick up on that. Wow. Greta's got big D energy. Just big saying. Energy. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on in this scene. Like, I don't mean to like overtake mm-hmm. what you're talking about here, but this Please is actually do. really sweet. It's just those two alone actually talking. Mm-hmm. Greta, you know, uh, or Carson actually just sort of spill some information about her mom and how her mom left. And she's basically just like her mom. She is worried that she's doing the same thing her mom did to her dad with Charlie. You know, she says she's being selfish. And then Greta lightens the mood, which maybe that was the only way she knew how to like process that information. But Mm -hmm. it was still really cute. And she's like, what if you're just shellfish? (laughs) (laughs) Their faces are really close at this point, too. Mm. There's like there's like a spark happening, even though they've been like um, butting heads again this episode. Mm-hmm. There's like a little spark. And then Joe sees them laying on the ground. And I think Joe, at first I thought Joe was jealous, um, but I don't think she is. I think she is very protective of Greta. And she's like, she's falling for a girl again that's going to get her in trouble. So Joe is like, it's hot dog time and just <laughs> shoves her way in between them and the look on Carson's face as this, they were mm-hmm. so close to kissing and Carson mm-hmm. is like, oh, yeah. Cock blocked. I keep saying cock a lot this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're at our, we're at our game and this is very exciting. Mm-hmm. It starts with, uh, Lupe and Shaw. These two are not on the same page in the game or in just outside of the game in real life. Lupe doesn't like any of Shaw's calls. Dove keeps telling her to throw the fork ball. It's so not working. Carson tries to talk to Dove about, about it and just like, you know, give it a break, man. It's not working. And Lupe confronts her. Yeah, it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. And Shirley's up next. Swing like a French hooker. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, bottom of the ninth, right? Or whatever. Yeah. So it's a walk off. Yeah. Shirley gets the hit and Dove, I do like, I hate him. <laughs> you hate, mm-hmm. you start to hate him now, but I love this part when he's like, I'm a great coach. <laughs> like it's, he so <laughs> he thinks, thinks he's the reason for this. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't know what their secret practice is. And I just wanted to comment that I really, they're playing the racing bells here and they, their uniforms are yellow and brown and I love their uniforms. They look like um, Wolverine from comics, which Clance would understand. Oh, except she wouldn't. Wolverine didn't exist at the time. He didn't exist till like the 70s. Okay, clients wouldn't get it. Never mind. I just like the uniforms. I think they look really cool. (laughs) That's also why you like the Padres uniforms. I do. Brown and yellow. yellow. Brown looks really cool. Yeah. And Carson is wearing her hat backwards in the scene too, which I just think she just looks really cute with her. Abby Jacobson wears a backwards baseball cap amazingly. Like it's not easy. I wish I could. Yeah, me too. It's so, I can so, barely so, so pull off a hat. Never mind a backwards hat. So back home, they're drinking and celebrating Shirley's uh, victory. Well, the team's victory, but Shirley hilariously accepts the praise for her final hit. 
And Greta and Shaw are sitting next to each other. Why do I? <laughs> Greta and Shaw. I'm like Greta. I'm calling Carson Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Greta says, good job, friend. They cheers. And then Carson spills beer on her dress. They run off to take care of the spill. And Greta manages to touch her three different times just on the way to the kitchen. <laughs> do you think Carson spilled the beer on a little bit on purpose? Just a little bit. Mm. I don't know. I was rewatching Broad City last night, and there was an episode in which they needed to distract people. And um, Abby's character says, I'm very good at spilling things, and people usually stare. Not usually on purpose. And it was, uh, and th- and this, oh is my the, God. <laughs> this is the episode. It's so funny. We are also watching Broad City at night, too. It's so mm-hmm. funny that we're both doing mm-hmm. this. And there was uh, the episode that we watched, Abby was talking about baseball again mm. which is crazy Cute. just further confirming that carson is 1940s abby mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i also really need to point out I, I don't need to point it out everyone noticed greta's mm-hmm. pantsuit in this scene it's so gorgeous she looks amazing and this is my favorite out greta outfit mm-hmm. it's like want to look taller wear a pantsuit right. uh, yes yeah, so good yeah, yeah. Yay, yay, yay. Go on. Talk about the three times the touch, the kitchen, the... Yes. We're, we're touching. We're touching as friends, but we're touching. Um, mm-hmm. So she taps Carson's dress slash boobs with a towel. Um, there's sexual tension, obviously, and she says friends can mean a lot of different things. Ay, ay, she ay. leans in for a kiss, and Carson says, stop it. I'm not like you. I'm normal. Stop. Greta is obviously hurt, she says, or maybe you're just an asshole, and walks off. Carson tries to call for her, but ultimately leaves her be. That was a tough one. Or maybe you're just an asshole. And this is um, the first of two times that someone is going to hurt someone like this by saying, I'm normal. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, it sucks. It's also... I don't know. I don't think she fully means it. She's just, she doesn't know how to process her feelings. Right. Wait, who do you think doesn't mean it? Carson doesn't Carson. mean I'm normal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course not. Yeah, she's just right. scared. And you say really, I mean, people say nasty, mean things when they're scared. That's literally politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back at the factory, Max is told that Starting tomorrow, she's working day shifts, which is going to be a big problem for her because she's working days at the salon. Um, She's working days because Fox is moving to days and he wants to take her with him because she's doing all his work. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's just being a little dink. This is the point where she's like, I need to tell my mom I can't get away with this any longer. So she gets home and she sees Guy and her dad, Edgar, sitting on the porch and Guy is talking to him about how Clance is keeping secrets from him and that he thinks she's pregnant. And he's like, what do I do? He's like getting advice. It's so cute. <laughs> Max asks, what are you two talking about? And Guy says dogs. And Edgar says wrench handles. <laughs> like that was the things they both first thought about. Dogs and wrench handles. Anyways, Guy's like, what do I do? I'm... I'm worried I'm going to be a bad father. 
and Edgar pulls out an egg from his pocket. Why is he carrying an egg? Who does this? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> a live egg. <laughs> yeah, but he pulls out an egg and gives it to, or holds it in front of a guy and he's like, this represents um, the most, what does he say? The most precious the most, thing. Mm-hmm. And guy's like, breakfast? Which... <laughs> Oh, we must comment. Crystal and I are obsessed with our breakfasts. It's the thing we look forward to literally 23.5 hours a day. Every day. I go to bed at night being like, I can't wait to wake up and have my breakfast. It's the best. You two are wild. So we relate. We relate. (laughs) It's very important to us and Guy. And Edgar's like, no, it represents a new life, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And he says to Guy, if you can take this and keep it from breaking then you're going to be a good father. And Crystal. guy takes the egg. Yeah. Is this like a, a Tamaguchi? Oh my gosh, it is kind of like a Tamagotchi. <laughs> is it Gachi? Sorry, Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, beyond that was my my little, uh, my, you know, ages of having stuff like that. But I had a Tamagotchi and I was not good at caring for it. So yeah. I too would not be a good father. <laughs> A guy runs off with the egg adorably and Tony sees him run off with the egg and she says to get Edgar <laughs> the egg again and they both have a laugh. This is just all like joke that they're playing on him. <laughs> Max uh, asks her mother to talk and she's like, okay, well walk with me to the salon while we have our talk. And Max goes into her. She's got this pre-planned speech that she's going through and this is another thing I'm sure we can all relate to when you have something important to say and you plan it all out in your head mm-hmm. and it does not happen how you wanted it to happen because Tony shows her this new neon sign that she got at the salon that has Max's name on it. Uh, she really wants to bring her into the business and, you know, cuts Max's speech short. So later at the salon, Tony leaves, obviously. Max is hanging out. Leah comes in, comments on the sign. She's impressed. It's the first neon sign in Rockford. It might be in the newspaper, as Tony had said. And Max is losing her shit. She's asking Leah to tell Tony to yeah. ask the husband that she's going to work for the church. And then she, no, 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 say that I burnt off a piece of her hair. She just wants to get fired. She doesn't want to deal with it. <laughs> Leah won't do it for her. She doesn't want people to start talking about the two of them. Mm-hmm. Max confronts her and says that that's not a life sneaking around like that. And Leah says that at least she is honest with herself. And Max does not get to judge Leah. God might, but not Max. And Leah leaves. And we're back at the at the Peach's home getting ready for apparently everyone's getting in on Greta's date. They're all in the room. and I forgot about the May- date. <laughs> Maybell tells Greta to twirl. <laughs> I'm telling you, Maybell is the gayest of them all. <laughs> I, that the would be fine. I'll take it. <laughs> Beverly comes in and she says she is indisposed menstrually. I mean, she looks like is she'd she? be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sixty. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Maybe she was, hold on, hold on. Maybe she was, this was her plan. She knew that Greta would ask Carson mm. to go on the date with her instead. Maybe Beverly's like in on their a little. secret match oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but I then why would she ask Shirley to come too? Mm. Uh, I, okay, Just to make it I look, know. I don't know. 
Let's just, <laughs> let's take, let's pick apart and take the pieces that we want and mash them together. Yeah. Joe volunteers and Greta says that she would just crack her up, which is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Greta says Carson will go. Oh, you are married and that's what friends are for, right? Hey. Back to poking. Yeah. Like no poke. Yeah. And Beverly says to bring along Shirley. Mm-hmm. And Shirley's like, it would be a profound honor. <laughs> <laughs> so cut to the date at the restaurant with this uh, man in a shirt. <laughs> Greta is, she's turned up the straight dial. She is full flirting with this guy and touching his hair. Yeah. And Carson is really, uh, she looks very upset and, uh, and uncomfortable. And I think regretting what she said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and Greta's doing things with her hands again. It's very distracting. <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing that ring. Mm-hmm. Oh, pinky and ring. Greta and Carson are just hurting each other or try to hurt each other. They, they're they just saying things to... Get a They're rise. saying things to mm-hmm. this guy, Vernon, but they're saying it to each other. They're really mm-hmm. poking each other. Carson has to get up and leave. She can't She can't take it anymore. She's like, I, I need to be excused. <laughs> Wait, we need to talk about a couple of mm-hmm. things, though, because... He says, Greta's like, what do you do when you're not watching me play? And he's like, oh, I'm a veterinarian. And Greta says, hold up. You look like this and you're a doctor. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Come on. You can't just, you cannot gloss over Greta Gill saying hubba, hubba, hubba. Good, good call. Good call. Carson then interjects and says, well, doctor's being used pretty loosely right now. More like a hamster doctor. (laughs) it's really the conversation and having Shirley there to interject every once in a while Mm -hmm. keeps the mood light, you know, but Mm -hmm. also surely weird. (laughs) Carson says like, Oh, maybe you could just sit there and just be normal or whatever. I forgot what it is she said, but clearly it's just like, Oh, I'm when Carson was like, I'm normal. And that's when Carson is like, mm-hmm. I, I have to get up out of here. I have, excuse me. And the look mm-hmm. on her face actually really broke my heart. That's like the saddest. That's one of the saddest moments for me hmm. is when she's just really all realizing, okay, this really does hurt. And they're both like doubling down on hurting each other here a bit. Mm-hmm. So Carson gets up and leaves and Greta gets up to follow her and leaves poor Shirley alone with Vernon. <laughs> there was energy. There was transmission. Shirley would yeah. later report. It's so funny. <laughs> she also recalls the one other date with three w- women and one man, Moshe Frankel. It did not go well. He got very angry, very agitated. She is hilarious. I love Kate Berlant. Mm-hmm. Uh, she should be on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She would fit mm-hmm. in perfectly. She'd fit in. Yeah. Perfectly, perfectly. So in the bathroom, Greta obviously runs in expecting to see Carson there. She says, you're the one who said you wanted to just be friends. And Carson is flustered. She says, this is your fault. You kissed me. You did this to me. I was fine before I met you. Greta disagrees. She was not fine. Mm-hmm. And Carson raises her voice for the first time and asks what Greta wants from her to say that she's jealous, that she, was, she has feelings for you. Fine, I do. And Greta quietly says, finally. Finally. Carson wants to go back to having a life and a husband as the excuse for denying the feelings. 
repeats once more that she's not like you to Greta. Mm-hmm. And Greta is hurt once again, walks away for the second time in the episode. And Carson sighs heavily. Mm-hmm. And then I, my note says, we're all not normal. Should have been our podcast alternative name. <laughs> <laughs> parentheses, we are all fruit. We are all not normal. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> Outside, the peaches are walking home from a bar. Esty's making the girls laugh. It's super cute. She's bonding with the team. Lupe is suspicious mm-hmm. about why that is. And Esty insists that she's funny. That's why. If only Lupe would pay attention. Lupe has noticed that Esty has not been sleeping in her bed at night. And then presumably off screen gets her to confess about the secret night practices. Mm-hmm. And Joe, as they're walking away, Joe's like, imagine if I could understand what she was saying, <laughs> how much funnier <laughs> yeah. she would be. <laughs> Back at the Peach's house, uh, Esty brings Carson to the shed where Lupe is smoking and not happy calls, um, Esty a traitor. She's so rough on poor little Esty. Mm -hmm. I want her to just be nicer to her. But Esty brought Carson there so she would find out about Lupe's messed up arm. Mm -hmm. And Lupe's like, I know your secret, Carson. And Carson thinks it's (laughs) like, she always thinks this with Max. Anytime she runs into somebody, she's like, oh God, you know, God, you know. The panic. Yeah. The gay panic. Gay panic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, we've all been there. You mm-hmm. think everyone, before you're ready to come out, you think everyone already knows. And usually everyone does already know. True. True. <laughs> but you're freaking out about it. And Carson is just like, we're not going behind your back. We're going behind Doves, you know? And she wants Lupe as part of the team. And, you know, Lupe's just like, uh, I'll think about it. And then the game, Lupe told Dove. Mm-hmm. So Dove now knows that. Carson went behind his back. So he's starting Anna as catcher. And which I just wanted to comment. I really like Anna. I kind of wish she got a little more mm-hmm. me too. Screen mm-hmm. time. But also, um, I wanted to say that I think they say Max says at some point that there's 15 girls on the team, right? There's only there's 10 main characters. Yeah. So that leaves five team members that don't have names or lines and you kind of see a couple of them in the background now again but mm-hmm. shout out to the the women playing the five unnamed yeah. <laughs> peaches yeah. team peaches. members <laughs> back at the church tent max and leah are mad at each other max asks why tony is not ushering and tony is invited to give up and give her testimony she talks about god's grace and how even though she's so stubborn, God has helped her with her hot and loving... I don't think she has. She says hot. <laughs> but with her hot and loving husband and her business. Horny episode. Right. And God... Horny God, at church. <laughs> God pushed her on her own path, her own journey, her own purpose. And this is when Max cannot yeah. bear this message and she takes off. Mm. Tony follows her. Max starts to cry. Explains that she got that new job. And it was the only way to get on the team. And she's saying, she's channeling Tony's own theology and energy. And she's saying, it's pushing me, mama. God is pushing me just like you. I have a gift. Why would he give me this gift if it wasn't my path? And I couldn't read Tony's expression right there. But she looks mad, but also maybe like she sort of understands. I don't Mm. think she understood at all. I think she was really upset. Mm. The scene was so, so heartbreaking. Max's 
full crying and trying to mm-hmm. open up to her mom and tell her what's going on. And her mom is it's not very receptive. To, no, it takes her a long time to get to yeah. opening. Mm-hmm. And it's a great example of parents. A lot of parents, they, they raise you telling you, you can be anything you want to be and you can do anything mm-hmm. you want to do. And then when you do, and it doesn't match what they had in mind for you, they get upset and yeah. I think it's it's a flaw with every parent, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's part of life, and it's, we're just really sad here. Back at Guy and Clance's home, they come back home from church, and Clance hangs up this tiny little clutch <laughs> on a hat rack. I noticed this. <laughs> it, it made me chuckle for some reason. She doesn't put her hat on the hat rack. She puts her clutch. <laughs> and Guy... He takes out his little egg that he's been carrying around. He even had it at church. He's been carrying for this egg. (laughs) And he tells her, he's like, I know what's going on. I know you're pregnant. And Clance is like, oh, my God, I'm I'm not pregnant. (sighs) I hate this scene, too, because Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. reveals to him the secret that she's been keeping was a guy got a draft notice for the war, and she hid it from him because she didn't want him to go and she hid it in her Superman comic. And mm-hmm. you know, he gets upset. He's got a report for mm-hmm. uh, medical in two days. And he's like, they get guy, guys get locked up for not reporting for duty. And she's upset. She knows this, but she just didn't want him to go. And it's really, really heartbreaking. And just a message to the writers that don't listen to this. But if anything <laughs> bad happens to Guy, <laughs> don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> Crystal wrote in in the notes, I will riot. (laughs) And the writers in the bonus scenes, they did, or Will said that the writers really took their time with this scene. They they also did not want to write this Mm -hmm. because this is such a happy, joyful couple that they love, but they knew they had to introduce this conflict into Clance's life. Also, Guy has those big... uh Coke bottle glasses. I thought you couldn't be in the military if your vision uh, wasn't no. up to a certain par. I don't know. I, I could be very wrong about that. I think you can't be in the Air Force if your mm. vision is up to a certain par. That's my We have no facts know. on this. No. no. <laughs> Someone on Twitter will give us a history yeah. corner on this and I'll appreciate it. <laughs> uh, back at the field, Lupe is not pitching well and... Dove just keeps saying, you know, she's fine, Carson, whatever, let it be. But, I mean, she's getting booed, and so Dove finally switches her out with Terry. After the game, Carson follows Dove and throws a baseball while his back is turned <laughs> at his car. And she's like, that's for Lupe. She's like, I thought you would catch it. And he's like, with my back turned? Yeah. And he says, like, that stupid pitch is not what made him great. And she's like, the the fork ball is stupid. Dove talks about like, all I don't remember is is uh, the dove. He's like, it was just a pigeon. And Car- I mean, Carson has like a lot of things to say, but um, this is her first beginnings of being like a coach, just being like, mm-hmm. this is our shot. Stop standing in our way, you know? And for future reference, a dove is a pigeon, which is <laughs> the second time in this whole series where I felt like I was watching Broad City Abbey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Peach's home. Oh, gosh. Charlie is calling. Nobody, I think this is the one part of the show that nobody wants. Nobody wants to hear from Charlie or see Charlie. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Charlie calls and Carson runs to the phone and she's excited to hear him, which is realistic. She's having these feelings for Greta, but this man is still, she says it at one point, he's her best friend. She mm-hmm. grew up with him. There are still, she loves him, maybe not in the way that he loves her, but I, I believe that she does still love him. Yeah. Carson tries to explain the letter that she sent and Charlie says that he didn't get it because he's been on the move. Being overseas has given him clarity and he he says he feels awake and he knows what he wants out of life now and he wants more adventure. And Carson pauses and what he just said really resonated with her. And she's like, yeah, I want that too. Very different. And just not with you. <laughs> yeah, just not with you, Charlie. With she a doesn't hot, say that, but. tall, butt-slapping woman. With big D energy. <laughs> <laughs> So, and we see Charlie, uh, he says he's been like just seeing the country before he has to go. But in reality, he's been at a hospital. I didn't, there was no explanation for it. I was so confused by that scene when, when he walks back. There out. is, there is later actually. Okay. I'm fr- um, okay. I mean, I'll just briefly say he, he did get the letter. He's lying about not getting the letter. Right, and I think right. he freaked out about it. And I think they put him. He faked in an the- injury. He was like, ouch. <laughs> I need to go home. I think he had maybe like a mental break and they um, put him on leave in the hospital. That's what I got out of that. Can we spend 10 minutes breaking down (laughs) this? It's like 30 seconds, this scene coming up. I need to break it down because everyone talks about (laughs) Greta looks hot here. Greta looks hot there. Like the look that Greta has when Carson Mm -hmm. finally goes up. Oh my God. To, yeah. to the room. Like the, her eyes all wide, like the hairbrush and just on the side of the bed. Like I, I try to keep my composure and cool and you know, but I was like, <laughs> what is this? It looked like she was sitting there waiting for this to happen. Right? Yeah. It's more exciting than watching Jess clip her toenails. I will say. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. So, Carson runs, not walks, runs up to Greta's room because what Charlie just said on the phone kind of woke her up and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I want, I know what I want to. And she just busts open the door <laughs> and it's like, hi, Greta. And Greta's like kind of side eyes that there's someone else in the room. I'm not right. here alone. <laughs> the uh, so the thing is- that she could come up with, the quickest reason for her being up there the best that she could come up with was i found a rash and can you come look at it <laughs> and greta's eyes just like mm-hmm. no one has ever looked so excited to go look at a rash <laughs> i mean she knew what she was getting at but <laughs> yep 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 let me put this brush down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm done with my 100 brushes a night just Carson grabs her by the hand and takes her outside to this garage or shed and they start making out. Oh, they go for it. But the first time I saw this, I was like, yes, uh, this is what yeah. I want for my content on television. <laughs> yeah. And bless the actors for also really going for it. I, yeah. I know mm-hmm. um, Darcy has said that it's a little weird making mm-hmm. out with someone who's your good friend, Abby, <laughs> but yeah, in the no. Of the show, they did mm-hmm. a great job. Mm-hmm. It's it's very good looking. <laughs> it looks real. I mean, 
at some point, Darcy also said, she's like, I guess I just make out with Abby now, like, because they made out for like three days in a row or whatever. Like they filmed a bunch of scenes, I guess, all together. And she's like, I guess this I is mean, just way my to job go, Abby. <laughs> she created a show that she gets to star in and makes out with a beautiful woman almost every episode. <laughs> well, she, so they were asked this. Actually, Will asked this in some some interview that they all did together. Mm-hmm. And Abby had some useful things to say, which is that like when you're being filmed and there's a camera, you know, three inches from your face, like actually kissing your friend in that moment feels like the safest thing, ironically, mm-hmm. right? Because it's such a mm-hmm. like uncomfortable, like all, we know this, we know that all yeah. sex scenes, all kissing scenes are profoundly uncomfortable for most actors. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they had this like 15 year of, years of friendship and this like comfort and safety while being filmed up close, I thought that was sweet. Yeah. I, yeah. Did, I did also though want to ask, you know, we don't see Carson apologize. Mm -hmm. seems like a very sort of passionate quick response Mm -hmm. she cannot help but jump on Greta she doesn't jump on her but she could (laughs) she basically is climbing Greta like a tree (laughs) but but there's no my heart broke a little bit for Greta because yes she's really into Carson obviously but nobody has apologized for calling Mm -hmm. her not normal twice Mm -hmm. in one day or however many days right Mm-hmm. Yeah, friendship thing and i know they were poking each other but i don't know i just want justice a little bit of justice for greta justice there. for greta yeah <laughs> maybe she uh knew that carson didn't mean these things she said maybe yeah. she kind of understood i don't know i commented on it in our notes and i said that you know after the scene in the bathroom maybe she took mm-hmm. a little pity on her when she said that she had feelings and she was jealous i mean she really saw how she was feeling and was just yeah acting out of fear so that was my take on it and you know you who knows maybe the scene before they're just like you know what friends <laughs> truce all right do we have a counts corner for this episode or have we mentioned all of the different counts um i think we got almost all of them oh carson is from a farm mm-hmm. uh there were four of those and, oh, Greta drapes over Joe. We're at 10 now. There were four <laughs> just in this episode. I think that's just something really tall. If you're a tall person and your best friend is a short person, you just lean on them. It's what mm-hmm. it's what happens. <laughs> I'm still nice. counting them, though. Yeah, please. Keep counting. Yeah, I love it. I am really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying the little fan art corner. Mm-hmm. And I do reach out to whoever I'm going to spotlight uh, right before. Just ask them if it's, you know, it's okay. And they can send me a, a little art they want me to post because after this podcast when this podcast drops I do follow up with a Twitter post and this week's spotlight is on Katie uh at ukulele underscore Katie <laughs> they did a couple of great things um it was a recreation of that stupid meme that I hate where that guy is with a, <laughs> a girl and he's looking over his shoulder but they did one with Greta Carson and Charlie <laughs> so really I'll funny. allow it and uh, they did this amazing stick figure letter to Charlie with Greta and Carson holding hands. And it was like from Carson. And then P.S. And it was like Charlie, a little stick figure of Charlie, but he was crossed out. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> and Sorry, I will post Charlie. those uh, next week after this, this one drops. So uh, thanks, Katie, for being amazing and 
giving new life to that stupid meme that I hate, hate. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks also to Alyssa of the band The Daily Fair for creating the music for our podcast, or as Alyssa cleverly calls it, our peach gem. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and follow us on Twitter at WAAFpod, and tell your friends about the show. Here is an Apple Podcast review from our friend Leslie, whom we all once again happen to know, but whom we did not bribe to write this. Leslie writes, quote, a grand slam. This is such a fun and informative podcast. The scene-by-scene breakdown is a great format, paired with loads of historical context, knowledge about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League and queer history. And she gives us an A. And we want to give Leslie a shout out, too, for talking about our show on her podcast, TV's Top 5. If you are a TV slash pop culture lover, you should check it out. Leslie and her co-host, Dan, both work for The Hollywood Reporter and always bring a ton of insight and humor to their episodes. And they recently interviewed Will Graham and Abby Jacobson about the show, so you should definitely tune in. Again, that's the podcast, TV's Top 5. If you would like to hear your review featured on the show, please write us a few lines on Apple Podcasts. See you next week for a recap of Episode 4, and thank you for being our team.